1: Have you set memorial stones in your life for children, grandchildren, brothers, sisters, co-workers, for a next generation? Are there things within your life that others are going to be able to look and see God was real in their life? They didn't do everything exactly right, but God was real in their life. They weren't perfect. I I know that they messed up a couple of times, but God was real in their life.
0: Have you ever been intentional about documenting times in your life when the Lord has faithfully provided? Have you been active in sharing these God moments with those around you? Today, Pastor David will study Joshua chapter 4. The Lord makes himself known in your life in a variety of ways, whether it be financial provision, physical healing, or emotional support. Pastor David encourages listeners to fearlessly proclaim these good deeds. Not only to fellow believers in the church, but to non-believers alike. Now here's Pastor David with today's message entitled, Memorial Stones.
1: Many of you have ever, as you're driving uh, around the country, you see the little sign that says uh, "historical marker" like one mile ahead. You know, you, you've seen those things if you've traveled very much. And one thing, whenever we travel. I don't think we've ever stopped at one, maybe one or two through the years. But I know that there's some importance to them because, again, it talks about some, some events that have happened in that area that deals with the history of our country or the history of that particular state or whatever it might be. Uh, it is, in essence, a memorial marker of what has happened at some point in time in history. In every one of our lives, there really and truly ought to be some Memorial markers. There ought to be some things within our life to help us remember what God has done in our life sometimes in the past. Let me ask you again how many of you journal? You journal rather uh, regularly or semi-regularly. My wife is, uh, man, she is she is just really faithful in journaling. Uh, she's got calendars that she journals on that that go back like for decades, literally, truly decades. And uh, I never argue with her about a date and an event happening on a date. I would lose. I understand that. Those are for her kind of memorials of things that have happened. Some of them, you know, it's no big deal. Hey, it rained on Tuesday of uh, March, uh back in 1975 you know okay big deal but there are some also within that some important dates some events that have happened in our lives and she can always look back and see you know that's that's when the lord did this with our lives, or that's when the Lord answered that prayer for so and so, or the Lord did that within the fellowship. And so she has that opportunity to be able to go back and look at that. We're going to be looking at some things tonight. I'm calling tonight's study Memorial Stones and Covenant Reminders. Memorial Stones and Covenant Reminders. We're in the book of Joshua. I invite you to turn there. We are in Joshua chapter 4. Tonight we're actually going to start in 4 and hopefully actually get into chapter 5 because these things really do work uh, together, the thought and the process of it. In Joshua chapter 3, verse 14 says, And so it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan with the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people, And as those who bore the ark came to the Jordan and the feet of the priest who bore the ark dipped in the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows all of its banks during the whole time of harvest, that the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zaratan, so the waters that went down into the Sea of Ereba, the Salt Sea, or the Dead Sea as we call it today, they failed, they were cut off, and the people crossed over opposite of Jericho. Then the priest who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel crossed over on dry land until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. Here the writer is really clear about the fact that the priests had held their ground, had stayed there where the water had been, but that it was now dry where they stood with the Ark of the Covenant until all Israel crossed over on dry ground. All the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. Now, you need to understand that the nation of Israel were now, they're now in the Promised Land. This thing that, again, was the land of God's promise to Abraham years and years and years prior to that. It was the land that was flowing with milk and honey. It was the land of their inheritance. And so this promised land was going to be a time of God's blessing. But let me ask you this. Was it going to be for them a time of ease and kicking back and enjoying the fruits of, of the land? Yeah. If you've read it at all or if you've studied or if you've heard it talk, you realize that even in the promised land, there's battles. Uh, because, again, the enemy doesn't want you to stay in the promised land. You understand that, right? And as we started this study in Joshua, I shared with you that the promised land isn't our uh, you know, pie in the sky, by and by. promised land isn't when we go to heaven. No, the promised land is you and I walking in victorious Christian life, uh, again, filled with the Holy Spirit, used by God for His glory, obedient to God, Allowing him to work and move in our life. It's that time, it's that process of our life where we can see and experience the richness of God in our life. And the enemy is not happy with that. The challenges only got bigger, really, once they got into the promised land. But so did the blessings. You know, the enemy is not too concerned about you and I when we're wandering around in the wilderness. Because we're right where he wants us to be. We're not walking in the promises of God. We're not walking in the power of God. We're not receiving the blessings of God. We're just wandering around in the wilderness, the wilderness of being stiff-necked, disobedient, sinful, unfaithful, and, oh, yeah, I'm out of Egypt, but uh, I'm not in the promised land yet. And the enemy is just really happy for you and I to live there. But God has promised us, Yes, even in this life, something much greater than that. He wants for us. He's planned for us. He's purposed for us to walk in his promises, to walk in his fullness, to know the fullness of the Holy Spirit in our life, to know the fullness of the presence and the power of Christ working in our life. And when we're walking in that and desiring to be in that situation, man, the enemy is looking for everything that he can to attack us. And we're going to see that as we get into the book of Joshua. It would seem as though right now, would be a great time for them to just go ahead and press on into Jericho. Man, they've made it across the river. Man, let's just go ahead and keep on marching. After all, hadn't Rahab told the spies, hey, I know that the Lord has given you this land, that the terror of you has fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. So Rahab told the spies, man, we are fearful of you. We, we, we know that God is on your side. Man, it would just make sense. Man, you're across the Jordan. Just keep on going. Just keep on going and 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 take advantage of that situation. Wouldn't it be good to just to go ahead, storm in, destroy them now? Hasn't God given us that land? Hasn't he promised us that? Even though all that's true, and even in our own lives, I believe what the word declares when it says that all the promises of God for you and I, all the promises of God in Christ are yes, And amen to the glory of God through us. I believe that God wants those things for us. But yet, for the children of Israel, just like perhaps for some of us tonight, there's still a couple of things that God needs to work on within our lives, within the lives of the children of Israel, and maybe within some of your lives, before you're able to really experience that in its fullness. The first of these is to help them help the children of Israel remember just that miraculous work of his hand in their lives and in the lives of the generations that would follow as well as the generations behind them how God has worked in their lives you guys need to remember that let's look now into chapter 4 of Joshua and read what uh, is going to be happening here at this point in time it says in chapter 4 And it came to pass, when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Take for yourself twelve men from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them, saying, Take for yourself twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodged tonight." Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe, and Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God in the midst of the Jordan, and each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it crossed over the Jordan. And the waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so just as Joshua commanded. They took up 12 stones from the midst of the Jordan and as the Lord had spoken to Joshua, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. They carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and laid them down there. Then Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant stood. And they are there to this day. So there's these 12 men that Joshua chose to represent each one of the 12 tribes. They were, after everyone had crossed over and now was on the other side, Joshua says, okay, you 12 guys that I had called, you need to go back into the Jordan and pick up a stone, each one of you, and carry it back on his shoulder, and we're going to build this memorial over here. Personally, as I read this, I think Joshua probably picked the big guys. He didn't look around for the little guys. He Look for the big guys, and just knowing guys the way that I know guys, the first guy, he probably went in there, and he thought, "Mm, here's a big stone. I, I can handle this stone, and so he picks this thing up, throws it on the shoulder, and the next guy comes up and says, well, I can pick up a bigger stone than you can, and by the time that poor 12th guy got in there, I can't imagine how big of a stone he had to carry to impress everybody, but they had 12 stones that they picked up from the middle of the river and they carried them back to the western side now of the Jordan River to where they were going to be camping that night. They were to bring the stones together, set them up as a memorial of of what God had done for Israel in a supernatural way. As he dried up the river, he allowed the children of Israel to cross over on dry land just like he had done at the Red Sea. Now stop with me right there if you would. Is there anything... In your life as a believer, whether you've been a believer for you know 10 weeks or 10 years or 30, 40 years, whatever it might be, however long that you have been a believer, I want you to put on your thinking cap right now. Something that God has done in your life, and really something that you could say, you know, that, that was a supernatural thing. Okay, that might not have been the splitting of the Jordan River. But that was something that normally would not have happened. Now, I'm not talking about your salvation. Let's move beyond salvation. Remember, salvation was the Red Sea. We're now coming and we're crossing into Jordan. Something in your life that you'd seen God's, handiwork in your life in, in a powerful way, a direct answer maybe of prayer for you and your life, uh, maybe a protective covering, maybe a deliverance for you, a, a leading that made absolutely no sense in the world, but God told you to do that, and so you did it and you saw God work in your life. In our life, as we see incidences happen, as we see situations come into our play, we as believers. Need to have uh, our eyes on correctly. We need to have our spiritual eyes on to be able to see, you know, wow, that, that was the Lord. That wasn't me. That was something that God is doing in my life for whatever reason that that might be. And sometimes it might be broken backs, sometimes it might be things that are really painful at the current time or make absolutely no sense at the current time. And yet God is going to work through these things if you and I, as his children, are faithful in obedience to follow the left or the right, to go north or east or south, that direction, to go where he leads us. When we are faithful and obedient to that, then we can see in the long run of things that blessing of God. That's not always Immediate. Do you realize that? It's not always immediate. However, there is always an immediate blessing of just obedience to God. Though it might not seem in a physical way a blessing, there is a spiritual reality that I'm walking in the will of God, even though, even as the psalmist declared, I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. As we move on here, one of the things that I want you to understand is, when those things happen in our lives... You and I need to be faithful to God and giving honor to God by sharing these things with other people. When you and I give testimony of the reality and the truth of God working in our life, what that does is giving glory and honor to our God, who again is our provider, our, our source, our protection, all of these things. We become for him a witness of His might and of His strength, of His mercy and of His love, of His covering, of His protection, of His provision. Not only for us right now, but that becomes also a blessing to generations that are yet going to be coming. Because as you and I stand, even as those memorial stones stood on that western shore of the Jordan River, and they said, as generations come, they said, what in the world are all these stones doing here? Then you have the opportunity to be able to share, let me tell you what God has done in our lives. You and I need to take those opportunities as a regular part of our life. Speaking it to non-believers, absolutely. Speaking it to believers also. Because, you know, sometimes, man, I might be having a really bum day, and when you share with me, man, just the faithfulness of God, that increases my faith. When you're down because it just doesn't seem like God's moving and somebody comes and shares, hey, let me share with you what I saw God do, it will increase our faith. Now, we can also say, well, why does God work in your life and not in my life? But you know what? That's the wrong attitude. We need to rejoice with those who rejoice. We need to weep with those who weep. We need to be looking how and where and when God is working in lives. The reasoning, again, The reason that we have the events of the Old Testament that are written out for us, Paul tells us in Romans chapter 15, he says, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. I read the events in the lives of the children of Israel, and believe me, when you understand how messed up they were and how God used them, Believe me, that gives us, every one of us, hope. Amen? When you read who the disciples are, and all the the quirks and the, and the, the failures of them, and God used them, man, we ought to be rejoicing, saying, man, that is awesome. That is great. God can and will use anyone. And that's the encouragement that we get. Will those that follow after us know the faithfulness of the Lord in our lives? Will those who follow after us be able to say, I remember she used to always speak about how God was so faithful. I saw her life. It wasn't, you know, she had tons of riches and it wasn't that everything was easy, but she had that calm assurance of the faithfulness of God. He used to always speak about how God met every one of his needs and he had great peace even in the midst of the turmoil of his life. You realize what an assurance that that is for future generations? And you see, it's things like that that you and I can just share with a non-believing neighbor, non-believing family member, a coworker, worker uh, anyone that we run into that we can just simply share. Man, God has just been so gracious today. You know uh I thought that this i I lost that man, uh some of us have been praying for this to happen, and this, this has happened there. They might think you're absolutely weird, they may not believe you, but what happens when you say it to them? Two days later, somebody else says it to them. Three days later, somebody else says it to them. A week and a half later, somebody else says it to them. And then God just takes all that stuff and stirs it. And all the ingredients then are in their lives to start building faith within their lives to look into this Jesus thing that somehow God has brought into their paths of life. That's why you and I need to be faithful in the testimony of what God is doing in our lives to both believers as well as non-believers. Have you set memorial stones in your life for children, grandchildren, brothers, sisters, co-workers for a next generation? Are there things within your life that others are going to be able to look and see God was real in their life? They didn't do everything exactly right, but God was real in their life. They weren't perfect. I I know that they've messed up a couple of times, but God was real in their life. Those are the kind of memorial stones that each one of us need to have in our life for the next generation. So the men did as they were commanded to do, but that wasn't the end of it. What does verse 9 tell us? Verse 9 says, Joshua then went back into the river, the dry riverbed, And he set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan in the place where the feet of the priest who bore the Ark of the Covenant stood. And they are there to this day. Do you realize where Joshua is setting these stones up at, where Joshua is setting his memorial up? It's not on the western side. It's on the eastern side. It's not in the middle of the river because remember, where did the priests go? As soon as they put their feet in the water, it cleared out. I don't think that the priest had to walk out into the middle. I think that they could stay right where they were on that eastern bank as the water just parted before them, and they could stand there until every body had crossed. I believe that Joshua had taken those stones from the midst of the river, went over there and set them up on the eastern side of that river. So now you've got the stones that are going to be on the western side that the guys brought over. Now you've got another 12 stones that Joshua is setting up on the eastern side. It tells us very clearly that the Jordan River overflowed its banks so that once those waters receded, those stones are going to be very visible. And who's going to see those stones on the eastern side? It's going to be the enemies of the Lord and the enemies of his people. They're going to see those 12 stones. Our testimony for Christ isn't just to the next generation of the household of faith, Our testimony needs to be, as the word says, a light to the Gentiles, a light to the non-believers. And if all we do is we come in here and we huddle behind four safe walls and I share with you what God is doing in my life and you share with me what God's doing in your life and you share what God's doing in your life, and yet we're quiet when we go out of these walls, we've done nothing. We've done nothing. Oh, we might be encouraging to one another. My beloved, that's like, you know, hey... How bright is my light? Oh, I got a bright light too. Oh, let me show you my light. Oh, let me show you my light. And then we go out into the darkness and we turn all the lights off. Of what value is our light if we don't shine? We need to be a light to the Gentiles. These stones, I believe on that eastern side of the Jordan, they were placed there as a reminder. As a reminder, yeah, to cause fear. Because, again, fear upon them is the enemies of the Lord. Hey, those stones, oh, yeah, I I remember what the God of the Israelites did. He parted this water, man. He is a powerful God, not only for fear, but I believe also as just a testimony of the greatness and the provision of the God of Israel so that even those who are non-believers, their brain starts thinking and thinking, you know what, this pagan God that we've worshipped all of these years... Or this life that I'm living now, I'm trying to gain everything I can from the things of the world, it's doing me absolutely nothing.
0: We hope that today's edition of The Open Word has been a blessing to you. If you live in the Casa Grande, Arizona area, we want to invite you to join us for worship. The messages that you hear on The Open Word are produced from worship services at Calvary Chapel, Casa Grande. Maybe the teaching you heard is exactly what you were looking for in a church. Then please join us. We have services on Saturday evenings and two Sunday morning worship services, as well as other services throughout the week. For more information about service times, including driving directions, log on to theopenword.com and then follow the link to the church website. Now here's Tracy with some more important information about how you can help support The Open Word.
1: Radio programs like The Open Word are wonderful tools that God uses to advance His kingdom here on earth. And as with any ministry, there are expenses involved. Today's broadcast was professionally produced, and God has given us a vision to see The Open Word expand into other parts of the world. Would you prayerfully consider financially supporting The Open Word? Log on to TheOpenWord.com and simply click on the support option to help us continue to grow.
0: Thanks, Tracy. From all of us here with the production team, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and may God richly bless you.